1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard No Kieran Tierney for Celtic against Valencia But the manager says they go into the game in a strong position Rangers call for an overhaul of the disciplinary system After Alan McGregor's appeal feels And Hibs move closer to appointing Paul Heckingbottom as their new manager I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight, Jim Duffy and Mark Weedy Yeah, it should be another tasty two hours, uh, Gordon With the, the news today about Alan McGregor His uh, appeal has failed There's also... Other heat on referees with other decisions And the SFA and I'm sure the supporters will want to have their say on it As Rangers, as a football club Enter into official dialogue with the SFA over the whole procedure And we've got a big week, European action coming to Glasgow tomorrow night Jim Duffy as well Yeah, it's a fantastic match And uh, unfortunately the negative side of Scottish football Seems to overshadow the positive side But, uh, you know, Celtic playing uh, in Europe uh, against uh, Valencia It's a fantastic uh, occasion to look forward to It's fantastic that one of our clubs is in this uh, situation You know, uh, again, as I say We we, we we've, you know, always have to try to big our teams up But, uh, you know, again I think, uh, you know, this is a, a mouth-watering tie 01419511025 is the number you need in the phones Twitter is at Clyde SSB As Mark Weedy says As the headlines reflect a number of topics tonight We've got a good, uh, a good question to ask you In the second hour of tonight's show as well But get your calls in and your tweets I am positive, absolutely positive We will get on to Alan McGregor So don't worry about that Let's start with the actual football this week though Celtic against Valencia Mark Weedy, uh, a big occasion certainly What are you expecting as a football contest? I think it'll be a cracking 90 minutes for any supporter that's going along to, to Celtic Park tomorrow night or any uh, viewers watching it on, on BT Sport. Um, I think it'll be a good 90 minutes. It certainly won't be settled tomorrow night. But the more and more I'm, I'm reading and a little bit of homework on, on Valencia, uh, Gordon, do you want a fancy Celtic for a result tomorrow night? A fancy Celtic to take a victory over to the Mestalla, um Stadium where they played... Um, almost 20 years ago Martin O'Neill's uh, team I was at that game That night working And I remember The Celtic goalkeeper Rab Douglas Was was absolutely Outstanding Probably his finest 90 minutes In a, in a Celtic jersey So Listen uh, If they can get drama And excitement tomorrow night Over the two legs It'll be a cracker And like I say A fancy Celtic To, to take a 1-0 Or a 2-1 over to Spain Yeah I mean I, I think it's just a, a great occasion As I mentioned uh, Just earlier there um, Gordon And you know For Celtic They're in good form you know, um, you know, there's real confidence about Celtic just now. You know, with the 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 transfer, uh, the sort of window that they had there in January, uh, it's it's already shown um, as if it's a it's been a good window, and uh, you know the players that have come in, I think have given them good competition, good options, particularly when you've had the likes of Griffiths and uh, Edward out. Um, you know, Scott Sinclair back scoring the goals. I think it's eleven goals, eleven games. So fantastic return from him. And he tends to turn up in the big nights. So, but Celtic will need everyone, and more importantly, they need to be concentrated because, you know, when you play uh, teams from Spain, we know we know. Listen, Rangers had a fantastic performance against Villarreal, but Valencia, I think, you know, won't be phased by keeping the ball. Celtic won't dominate the ball the same way they do domestically. 
Uh, and they have to be very wary of the counter-attack As always in Europe It's match day minus one As UEFA call it To you and I That's the day before a big game uh, So it seems like a good time To really crank up the build-up To that one Celtic against Valencia Let's hear from you All of your pre-match thoughts Let's do it now 0141 951 1025 Let's get the thoughts first Of Brendan Rodgers Whilst you get your phone out uh, He won't risk Kieran Tierney Against Valencia um, the left back is nearing a return from injury But the Celtic boss says he and others Will miss out tomorrow Cairn's back in training But he's not available for the uh, for the game So um, He's responded very well um, These last few days uh, Looking very strong But of course it's it's probably a game too soon for him Emilio's Yeah, Emilio's back in fit and training So he's, he's available uh, No Oliver's just felt a tightness in his hamstring again, so um, he won't be available. Simonovic? Simonovic will be fine, yeah. Edward? Uh, will be fine. <laughs> Full house. That was like a school register that Alison Conroy was reading out there, Mark. Um, listen, I think the return of Kieran Tierney was optimistic to say the least. The guy's yeah. not played since yeah. the, the last time that Celtic played Fanciful. in Europe way yeah. before. Um, so I'm not sure that that's a great surprise. What, no. what is important though is that Emilio Izaguiri is fit to take his place yeah. um, rather than leaving it with, with only Johnny Hayes as an option. Yeah, I mean it, give, it gives Brendan Rodgers the, the option of playing a natural left back in that role and you know, you know uh, at some point tomorrow night Celtic are going to have to do a bit of defending. They'll be under Pressure at certain types in the game, and you know, so you want somebody who is naturally, albeit I think we'd all agree that he's again his best part of his game is going forward, as is, is Kieran Tierney. But when you need to put a defensive head on, with the greatest respect to Johnny Hayes, you would rather have Emilia Izagheri in there than, than Johnny Hayes. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Hayes did very well against St Johnson at the weekend, um, a different type of game, we know that. But I, I think he's an able deputy in there. I think he, you know, he's good going forward. You see, they give Celtic natural balance in there, so if. You know, I think it's a tight call between the two of them. I think he's a good experience, might give him the nod. But uh, you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me if if he started. I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't be overly surprised by that. Well, Brendan Rodgers says belief is key to taking something tomorrow, and he says they go into the tie in a strong position. We're at the best level that we could be at, you know, in terms of you know the start that we've made and uh, to the second part, but also the level of our game. I think the intensity uh, of it is at a really high level. You know, and irrespective of of our opponents, that's what we always try to achieve in the game. You know, to, to really press the game and play a real fast tempo, and and have that throughout the the ninety minutes. So I don't think the players are coming into it and and could be in any better form. Yet we're unfortunate we have players missing through injury, but that's what we've had throughout the season, and we just get on with it and you know do our work and do our preparation, and like I say, we we prepare. To win every game um, Fairly easy question to answer Jim I would imagine How important is tomorrow night In terms of the Being the home leg Yeah I mean I think I think all the teams Would all, always seem to prefer Going away first And then they kind of They know if they've got to Throw everything at it at home Or how much risk they've got to take I think when you're at home first There's always a little bit of an element How much risk do you really go for You know do you try and make sure That you don't uh, you know, um, you know, push everyone forward, leave yourself exposed. Make sure that at least if you nick it, you know, you can. There's still an opportunity to go away from home, and uh, and be fighting for the tie. So uh, th- there's always that bit. Of, but Celtic at home, as he and uh, you know, pretty much guaranteed a full house with the new light show, everything setting up for it. As I said, you know, it's an unbelievable atmosphere in these type of games. 
Uh, the fans certainly played a part. The players seem to respond to that. So I expect Celtic to win, but I do think it will be a tight match. 01419511025. That's the number you need. You need to dial it quick. And we're on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. So let's speak to John, who's a Celtic fan in Cumbernauld. Just about 25, six hours to go, John. Are you confident? Uh, a little bit confident, yeah. Uh, I th- hopefully, I think we can win about 1 nothing. hopefully. But even if we get a 0 0 draw, that's not exactly, it's not a great result, but it's hardly a bad result. Uh, but the point I was trying to make is obviously Celtic's financial figures that have just been released. I think considering that we didn't qualify for the Champions League, I think the the figures are pretty good. And it was also about the panel's view on a comment that Dave King had made around about the start of the season in regards to how he think the Rangers could be back on top as in winning the league. He mentioned that Celtic's failure, to ch- if Celtic had failed, to qualify for the Champions League then everything would fall, uh, fall apart like a pack of cards mm. and it would just to get the panel's views on that and see if they agree with them I always thought that the, the statement was if Celtic if Rangers win one title or you know if Celtic fail to win one title the thing would fall like a pack of cards I could be wrong so I'll go and look it up while we're on the phone uh, John's right though Mark the interim results for the six months up to the end of the year were released yesterday for Celtic um, you know kind of headlines profit of a 15, 15.2 million um, Yeah after tax certainly mm-hmm. Yep so yeah. um, What did you make of it overall? Yeah it's good And, and uh, listen It goes to show What being in the Champions League Does for you um, And in this th- This occasion for Celtic Not being in it What it can do for you The fact that you've been in it In the past In terms of You make Moussa Dembele A 20 million quid player And you know You do have Celtic have got that In abundance in their squad Players to fall back on should they need to sell one to help look the books better and bring it in? And obviously they've got your peas, some of the players who are always going to use Celtic as a step stepping stone to, to a bigger and richer league, which is understandable. So it's good and it just shows that for Celtic, getting to the Champions League is brilliant and credit to Brendan Rodgers and his players for doing it two or three times in the past three years. Um, but when they don't do it, they still have a very, very good financial model and the club will stay solid and for many years to come will, will not be in any financial danger. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely the perfect situation. <laughs> There's clubs all around the world that would love to be in Celtic situation. You've won the title, you won every domestic trophy going, you play entertaining football, you develop homegrown players, you find, um, you know, uh, you know, gems uh, in Europe where you can develop and make them into diamonds. And uh, you know you make a, a, a large return and profit for them. I mean, what else are you supposed to do in Scottish football? You know, so I think it's um, you know it's a, a model that I think a lot of clubs um, would be uh, very envious of. And uh, those type of figures again just show you how well it works because it's not sacrificing success. Mm. And I think that's the big thing. Some fans might think, oh, well, listen, we want to go and be buying, you know, fifteen, twenty million pound players. Can that help us in Europe? But realistically, that you, you you probably need treble that, quadruple that to have any impact. So I, I think it's um it's a, an unbelievable piece of business from Celtic, as I said. But as I said, doesn't mean there's any shortcomings in the you know the football inside of it, which is the most important thing. It's also as well, you know, for that comment that Dave King made. Of, if we, if we, I've know, got check, it, it, check it was that he thing. was he was talking about if Rangers win a league, uh-huh. um, he said mm-hmm. Celtic's situation would, mm-hmm. would collapse like a, a pack of cards. Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily go along with that, but certainly it would be a dent and it would be a, a huge uh, plus for Rangers if they to win the league, certainly within the next uh, 
three years to stop Celtic doing the 10 and all, and all that kind of stuff but when you look at it and I don't know if Dave King would, would ever admit to it but certainly privately what Celtic are doing and what they have been doing for the past decade or so is exactly what Rangers should be striving to do and if you to offer that kind of situation to Dave King three years from now he would absolutely bite your hand off it. He would absolutely love it, and and rightly so. Um, so you know there can be question marks thrown from Dave King in terms of how he thinks Celtic will do, but uh, realistically, he's a, he's exactly a, he's what he wants for his own club. Rangers, so if he's going to make statements which are you know you know for Rangers fans and to be positive and try and maybe throw a little uh, span on the works and maybe try and put a little bit of pressure on Celtic and all these things, and Celtic fans will come out and say, well, if Rangers don't win the league this year or next year. How can they continually invest in all these kinds of things? So that's the way it goes, Gordon. We know that we've been doing this for a long time with with the fans, and I, you know, I, I always a little bit surprised that whether a Celtic fan still gets annoyed that something from Rangers says, or a Rangers fan gets annoyed that something Celtic says. I, I always think focus on your own club, and if your own club's successful, why worry about the other one? John, what about your own team as, as far as tomorrow goes? Given the, the results recently and, and the way the team's been been shaping up, does that team pick itself tomorrow? Are there any any players you'd like to see come in or out of the side? I think the team picks itself apart from obviously if if Kieran Tierney gets a game uh, then obviously that that would be the only change I would make I think the team picks itself I joined uh, Brendan Rodgers said that Kieran Tierney won't play oh he won't oh, they won't make it they won't make it who do you think is going to play in that position then because I don't know <laughs> well Easy Gary's fit so it'll either be Easy Gary or Johnny Hayes yeah I mean Mark does, does the rest pick itself at the moment just because Oliver Burke seems to have made the, the you know the yeah. front spot his own. Sinclair and Forrest are still contributing. I don't know. Is, is there anyone that you can see coming out of um, cold storage if you like to? No, to I mean only one. I think for the starting lineup, the 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 Borussia Dortmund boy played in oh, yeah, totally yeah. Lustig. So you know, does he does he stick with, with him or does he bring you know the the tried and trusted Lustig back in? I would imagine they'd stick with the fella um, from from Sunday. So yeah, I, I don't imagine there would be. There'll be many uh, changes, if any, to that team at all. Jim Duffy, you watched Celtic at the weekend. Mm-hmm. As Brendan Rodgers says, they clearly do come into this game uh, mm-hmm. full of full of confidence on the back of a lot of good wins. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of the, it's the obvious one every time Celtic or, or Rangers go into Europe. Can you can you do those things that you did against St Johnson mm-hmm. against the higher quality of opposition? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, particularly building from the back. I mean, they took so many risks at the weekend with Scott Bain. He's playing little triangles in his penalty box and making little angles himself. You know, he's bumped it into Scott Brown. The ball was going way to toy. He was then dropping off to the penalty box, getting it, clipping out to the other side. You're thinking, this is great because it always came off. And, and you know, there was times where Celtic really played, and particularly at the start of the second half, St. Johnson tried a real high press, and Celtic still risked it but got out of it. Against a better quality side, you only maybe need to be caught once and you could be punished. So it's getting that balance right. But since Scott Baines came in, I mean, he's been absolutely imperious. You know, I mean, you can't, I mean, I'm surprised because I thought Craig Gordon probably played his best game of the season in a 1 0 defeat at Ibrooks. He was absolutely immense in terms of his goalkeeping. Mm. But Scott Brown, uh, Scott Baines been in ever since and, and just, you know, he's, he's been impeccable. Tony's also a Celtic fan in Lark Hall. Hi, Tony. Hi, guys. I was reading that um, that the boy told you that he's played a left back before. Yep, he has. Why wouldn't he play him over my left hand side and bring big Lustig in, and that would make it a quite solid back for the morning. It's a decent shout, aye. It's a decent shout, Tony. If um, if he's played there before and he's comfortable moving across, then you know that you might have just hit him one there. That might exactly the way that uh, that the manager decides to go. Is that one that would surprise you, Jim Duffy? 
No, again, you know, he's he's right uh, that uh, he's that you know Toya has played both fullbacks, um, so therefore he might be more comfortable doing that. Again, you know, just looking, he has played very well at right back. Um, again, since he's been in there, he just looks like a player really suited to Celtic style, the way they want to play. He hardly ever gives a ball away. Um, you know, really good overlapping runs. He's worked well with Forrest. Um, so he, he, I think he might stay in like Mark, although Lustig is. Been almost a permanent fixture when he's available. Mm. So, yeah, there's one or two decisions, but both fullbacks' decisions are the ones that we might, you know, and they might be debatable. The rest of them, I think, that other nine will definitely be uh, tried and trusted. How are you feeling overall, Tony, in terms of Celtic's chances tomorrow and, I guess, overall in the tie as well? I think it's going to be a hard one for them. But what you want tomorrow night is for the crowd to get behind them, and then Celtic will perform. But I still think it's a big task, you know, no matter what, the Spaniards are outstanding side as well. But they can only go out there and give their best tomorrow night. That's all we're looking for. Yeah, we hear this quite a lot and some... I guess I mean there will be truth in it, and then other people will say, "Aye, no, that that stuff's it's, it's a bit of a cliche." But this, you know, big European night, home crowd. I mean, it, it, you you must be trying to use that to an advantage. Aye, I mean, certainly, you know, you wouldn't always say it's an advantage, but it can become a disadvantage if the crowd get edgy. And like if Jim's saying there, you know, for example, Sunday they're clipping it about, mm. and once we and let's say one or two of the wee gambles don't. Um, come off and all of a sudden the, the, the crowd start getting the players back that's what can work against you but if Celtic Park's rocking tomorrow night uh, it can certainly make a, a difference uh, for sure particularly Celtic get the first goal um, and also just to get back to the point about the two fullbacks a lot of the decision Gordon will come down to Brendan Rodgers scouting reports in terms of where the strengths are in the attacking areas of the Valencia team and what in terms of his personnel who is best suited to, to, to dealing with the threats on, on either flank Thanks to Tony 0141 There was big news today regarding Alan McGregor in case you hadn't heard We'll do that next after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors a team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard building up to the big game tomorrow between Celtic and Valencia in the Europa League so keep your calls and your tweets coming on that uh, let's move on for a while and discuss Alan McGregor he's been unsuccessful in his appeal against a two-match ban for that challenge you've all seen it now on Lewis Ferguson the goalkeeper remember was retrospectively punished he appealed that punishment stands though meaning he'll miss the games against St Johnson and Kilmarnock uh, before we get bogged down in the intricacies of the Scottish FA's disciplinary system Jim and Mark overall from, from a, just a, a football perspective is, is that the right or the wrong decision on Alan McGregor? Well, it was for, for me it's certainly a red card yeah the tackle's a red card um, I thought that Bobby Madden had an exceptional game last Wednesday night I know we're going back to a week ago uh, Gordon but I thought he called it 100% spot on with the red cards for Scott McKenna and Alfredo Morelos he's clearly not seen the, the, the proper angle of the McGregor one and I think it was a, a red card decision yes yeah I mean again it's endangering an opponent isn't it and you know you get through all these um, lists of what's a red card so therefore I think it was a red card but the, the problem you've got um, is that you know two on a day before which everybody knows was a red card all day long uh, doesn't even uh, you know is, is, is overturned so therefore it's just one of those situations where it ba- completely baffles supporters frustrates uh, supporters and you can obviously can understand why they get angry mm. because no one knows really how you know they come to these decisions? Mark Guidi, you're a form, former member of the goalkeepers' union, so you yes. don't you don't subscribe to this 
he was protecting himself mm, Argument that you hear No I, I, I can't I have to be honest And you know my feelings on, on Alan McGregor this season I've made it clear at this moment in time He would be my uh, play of the year in Scotland all day long And I would love to find a way to defend him In terms of the, the goalkeeping stuff But on this occasion The tackle on Lewis Ferguson For me You can't defend it It's a red card 0141-951-1025 Stephen's a Rangers fan in Cope Bridge What do you make of it all Stephen? Hi there guys um, I just think it's a bit of a, a circus act at the SFA just now I think Looking at all the decisions There's no consistency in it at all And I think the compliance officer Might need a compliance officer If I look at the decisions they're making Because it just seems to be a bit of a farce in there now. There's no consistency The tackles that are getting made are outrageous for some for all teams not just Rangers Celtic all teams are making these wild challenges and there's no consistency mm. there's got to be a revamp or a restructure in the SFA I just think guys do you think that should be done as well because there's just there's no consistency and it's it's becoming a bit of a laughing stock mm. of Scottish football well funnily enough Rangers have issued a statement saying they've no option other than to accept the decision however it's abundantly clear questions about the current disciplinary system which we believe is flawed must be posed Rangers have been in dialogue with the Scottish FA on this topic for some time and would urge the system is now thoroughly reviewed as a matter of extreme urgency the Scottish FA is a members organisation I would assume there is a mechanic in place for the clubs if they're as unhappy with it as they all say they yeah. are to do something about it yeah I, I would agree you know it, it certainly is far from perfect and, and I think Stephen uses the word there that you know it's just not consistent and, and, and I can't argue that either I think it's absolutely right and something has to be put in place in time for, for next season what it exactly is I don't know But I'm sure the SFA Want an improvement In what's going on The rules have been put in place I'd imagine people Inside the SFA Sometimes Don't know if they're coming or going With decisions And what what's allowed And what's not allowed And the procedure on this one And the procedure on that one So I think They have to find a way The clubs Have to find a way To tidy this up Because for me At the moment It's far too mm-hmm. messy That said I'll go back to a point That I make More often than not what about the players and the clubs? Let's take the referees and the system out of it. What about the behaviour of the players? And see if the players did they lash out or did they do that, they'd be fine. So as much as it, the clubs can complain, I totally get that. But I do have sympathy in terms of a lot of the fault and blame lies at the foot of the players and the clubs need to address that as well in terms of their own personnel. Jim, you mentioned it earlier on mm-hmm. and, and Stephen makes a good point. Timing is everything because mm-hmm. if this happens, and I'm making a bit of a guess here, I'm mm-hmm. sure someone will disagree. If that Alan McGregor challenge happened week one of the season mm-hmm. and he got done for it, I don't think there'd be anywhere near the same outcry. However, mm-hmm. it comes the day after Everyone expects mm-hmm. Alan Power to get shown mm-hmm. a, a retrospective red card. red card. Everyone expects Paul McGinn mm-hmm. to get shown a retrospective yeah. red card, and it doesn't happen. So it's the it's the timing here. Mm-hmm. It's the precedent. It's the examples mm-hmm. that have come before, which are are cause it causing this uproar. Yeah, I mean, we could right through the season. You mean I remember when Commander was complaining about Gary Dicker's tackle, and you know Stevie Clark thought it was laughable and stuff, but it still it didn't get overturned and stuff like that. So, you know, there's been umpteen up from uh, Alfredo Morelos at the start of the season. Mike, Mikey Devlin and Aberdeen game Devlin, against yeah. Kilmarnock. Yeah. There's been so, so many challenges that, and, 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 you know, I think Stephen's 100% right. It's that inconsistency that just completely baffles supporters. They don't know from one week to the next what will be. The only thing I will say is they did put things in procedure uh, uh, to, at the start of the season. You know, the three 
ex-referees, mm-hmm. the compliance officer, the referees. I don't know what more they can do. The rules haven't changed. I mean, every every start of every season, all the managers meet the referees. The referees give them an update on any little tweaks that, that have happened to the rules. They'll show you the videos of what's considered a red card, what's a yellow card, what's now offside, what's not offside, etc. So they go through all this at the start of the season. And then the season starts and then it just seems to be not completely different, but there's so many times where it's not what you've you've seen and not what they've told you is going to be. Mm. So the system is in place. I don't know what more they could do with the system. I really don't. If you've got three independent former referees and then you've got a referee, something like Willie Collum or whatever else what he says, yep. well, listen, I've seen that. I don't think that is a red then what more can you do? Mm. You can't oh. you can't have another referee and another compliance officer. VR, yeah. you know, people talk about that, but the VR is not supposed to be brought in for that. There's so many things, but the 100% agreement with Stephen is inconsistency. If yeah. you made the same decisions week in, week out, regardless of who plays, regardless of which stage of the season it is, I think fans might not be happy, but they understand it. And here is the problem, Mark Weedy, as Jim's sort of mentioned there. And believe me, I wish we didn't have to go over old ground mm-hmm. here. I would love nothing more, but it's it's necessary. Jim talks about this mm-hmm. this panel of, of three ex-referees. Perhaps mm-hmm. part of the problem is that the transparency, that the communication, we do not know if the Alan Power or the Paul McGinn got that far. Yeah, Because this is back to this old one again. Like a broken record here If the referee says He saw that incident In full It doesn't get that far It doesn't go to your panel Of 3X referees And that To me Seems to be where Most of the confusion Is coming from Yeah so there's a There's a kind of A a double hurdle That you have to go over uh, In terms of Retrospective action And we're right We don't know So you take for example the Paul McGinn So I've got to speak about the two incidents From the weekend there The two main talking points On the back of Alan McGregor Is, is Paul McGinn's Forearm smash You want to call it that And uh, Alan. Alan Powell's tackle Now I have to say Paul McGinn For me A red card All day long 100% No argument Alan Power For me It's 75-80% Now at the end of the day A referee can he flash mm-hmm. A 75% red card But for me It's not one hundred percent conclusive, oh, but had it, but had he been given, had he we'll been, back in sure. had he been, had he been given a red, you I would complained. say yeah, I can understand where the referee's coming from. But if you're saying to me, do I feel it's one hundred percent a red card? I'd have to say no. His foot's very high, but I'm not. I don't think he's going to lash into Ryan Jack's face or his head. I don't think so. But where it falls down, get back to the point. Is that Willie Collum Or our ref- referee is at, at that particular game Can look at it and say Yes I think you better send that upstairs To three referees And then they have to Unanimously decide That we're going to You know Make that a red card Or it could well be That Willie Collum Or any referee says No actually I'm very comfortable With what I saw in real time And I'm comfortable With the decision I've made That's not going upstairs So But what we don't know is How far does it get So in, in this instance with, Let's say the Paul McGinn Red card that's that's not been given. Did it fall down at Willie Collum or did it get to the three referees and they couldn't, um, you know, unanimously decide? But for me, how it, how it's not a red card that one is baffling. Stephen, uh, I'm I'm speechless with Mark. Yeah, Stevie Wonder seen it was a red card for Alan Power. I'm honestly, I, honestly, you, you've baffled me with that. But I appreciate your opinion, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks. Cheers, hey, have a good night, guys. And you, Stephen. I mean, you didn't say it wasn't a red card. You just no, didn't feel it was I, as I strong as Paul McGinn. No. Essentially, no. Is well, what listen, you, were the, saying. Uh, you know, had it 
Forgive me Who's, who's refereeing Alan Muir Saturday night. Alan Muir yeah. Had Alan Muir given Alan Power A red card and said, I, see, I, I can see it mm-hmm. But the fact that he's not And I'm reviewing I'm saying For me it's not 100% conclusive mm-hmm. But had the panel decided uh, Yes or the yeah let, We'll give him a red. I can totally see that mm-hmm. But for me it's not 100% conclusive That he meant to To get in there mm-hmm. with, with it I know it's a high foot But yeah. high foot doesn't Represent a red no. card I, I think he could have I think when you go up there And you, as he turns his foot sort but I think you bend your knee then you, uh-huh. you start to withdraw uh-huh. he didn't he actually started to extend right, okay. and to me that, that's what makes it a red card for right. me no, I, take, I take that, that point then that, that for me is a player point. I think that's a red card Billy's right. a Rangers fan in Greenock hi Billy hi how's it going guys Mark uh, and Jim listen Mark see if I can ask you what what experience does Claire is it Claire White you call her or yeah. the guy McLennan before what, uh, I take it if you go for a job in journalism They would ask you what experience you've got So what, what experience does Claire White have to sit And look through footage for games And, and decide this is going to be a red card This is going to, uh, I'm going to cite this player I'm going to cite that player Surely uh, uh, the SFA have got to come out and, I mean, they, did they interview like, several people for that job? Did they just handpick her with but I don't. What I don't know how. What experience has she got? Well, she's got. She's got experience of of compliance. Of but she's not been a referee. But what you, what you have to remember there, Billy, she's there to make sure that the process is proper. She doesn't actually sit down mm-hmm. and say that's a red card for Paul McGinn or that's a red card for Al McGregor. That is not her decision. But she's there to make sure that the, the process, whether you agree with the final decision or not, but she's there to make sure the process is spot on and is watertight. Yeah, well, she, she's more well, of she's not a decision maker. Uh, I mean, but Billy, you asked if you know if Mark wanted to go for a job as a journalist, he would need journalism experience. If Claire White went for a job as a referee, she she probably wouldn't get it. But but she's the compliance officer, so her experience is in compliance. Do you see the difference? Hey, okay. So the next point, quickly, is just dealing in facts. So Mark maybe have the facts uh, again in front of him. Is it true in the last three years? Uh, uh, since Claire White and Tony McLennan and there have been nine Rangers players actually brought before compliance officers and there have not been any Celtic players is that is that that's fact as far as I know I, I, I don't know 100% I think it's certainly I something along that those kind lines of, yeah. that kind of research is, is doing the rounds now Billy but I couldn't say for certain it's 100% but yeah, you may well be right well my case rests then that's all it's needed to be said that's fact all these people with conspiracy theories, that's facts I'm dealing in. Yeah, but what do you, what do you mean you know, your, case, your case, right? What, what, what is the case? What does that prove? Nine, nine, nine Rangers players to zero Celtic players. I mean, it doesn't really prove enough. anything, Billy. It, it proves a bit of indiscipline, Billy. That's what it proves. All right, okay. Indiscipline. Scott, see, a couple of years ago, yeah. Scott Brown gets sent off at Inverness. Do you remember? Uh, Ross County. Uh, Ross County, yeah. Aye, yeah. uh, Ross County, a rush mm-hmm. of blood. Yeah. And Brendan Rodgers got interviewed and said that he had a wee bit of a rush of odds mm-hmm. And it got overturned Yeah, I, no, I agree with you, it was a red card all day long I'm not disagreeing with you But, well. but, but what I'm saying is that You know, you, you're, you're taking one one aspect of play And, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter what it's Celtic But Celtic tend to dominate the ball So most games, most games Celtic have maybe 70% possession And, and around about that time and if you've not, if you've got the ball, you're not making as many challenges. You know, you're you're not making as many tackles. The other team is making more tackles, more challenges. So therefore, over the last few years, Celtic's been the best team. So therefore, they haven't made as many. Yeah, you're right. To, if you want to look at Scott Brown, so that that one game that could be the case. But I I think that uh, you know, 
fans can look this year and we've had it in the programme or Rangers have had more penalties this year than anyone else so listen you, you know the way the game works here one set of fans will say oh that benefits the team there or else it benefits the other uh, team but, but Billy what, what you and Celtic fans and Rangers fans old firm fans what they have to get into their heads I know it's getting to that stage and it's getting the business mm-hmm. end it's getting to, to nitty gritty and everything is under the microscope but you're talking about decisions over the past three years from Tony McGlennon and now Claire White What? and I made this point last week when Celtic fans are saying when Andrew Dallas gave St Man four penalties mm-hmm. oh that's it they're out of stop is getting eight in a row I said, well, actually, no, Celtic were one of the victims on Saturday. It was at St. Mirren were the, were the victims. So what, what you've got to understand is, I would say I'm, I'm 100%. I don't think there's people sit up at Hamden, at the SFA, that sit and say, there's a wee group of them that go for a coffee together that say, we need to stop eight in a row, or seven in a row last year, or six in a row with that. And likewise, I don't think there's a group in there that say, we need to stop nine in a row, or we need to stop ten in a row. So, but that, that's, that's what insinuating... Billy, that's no, what you're saying. Yeah. I've not said that. You put words in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I, no, no, I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm just saying it's so one sided now. It's unbelievable. But why Why do you think it's one sided? What are they trying to do then? I'm not saying anybody's trying to do anything. I'm just saying it's so one sided. Why is it it's one sided? But like, see, see, the nine, see the nine instances that you're, that you're referring to, Billy. And, and they, they take Celtic out of the equation, okay? Just concentrate on your own team, the nine incidents you're referring to. How many of the nine, in your opinion, if you can recall all nine, how many of the nine instances were justified? Well, surely the law averages would maybe say four and four. Well, I don't know, I'm asking you because you've got the research there. So how many of the nine were justified? Before you have no, a go at the know. SFA. So you're having a go at the SFA for calling up nine people, but you've never actually looked at them all closely to make a decision on what ones were right or not. I'm having a go at this speech, man. You had to look at it. No, but you've, you've mentioned Power, nine in the past three years. We're not talking about Alan Power. We're talking about the nine instances. So which ones of the nine were justified in your opinion, if any? I would need to look at Well, you should really have looked at them before you cited them, Billy, to be honest. Just, you should have. No, I'm staying facts. No, you're, but, but you're not backing the facts up. On. You're not backing the facts up. You're only getting halfway there. Billy, I'll tell you what. If you take a look at them, give us a call back and we'll do it again. 01419511025. We're late for Amber's travel. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Two ways for you to get in touch Twitter at Clyde SSB and on the phones as well. I think we're at that stage, Jim Duffy. We have to start offering those brownie points for non disciplinary calls because we can do this <laughs> football calls we can yeah, do this all night long I mean I've been said that listen it is important so you don't want mm. to we can't just decide no. when to, to stop acknowledging certain decisions because fans out there feel very strongly mm. about it um, but overall the overall picture I think most people would agree at the moment because our game is, is so good whatever side of the fence you sit on mm. it's not it's not really reflecting very well is it? No, it's not. But I mean, I think it's been pretty much since the start of the season. You know, there's been there was a talk about the referees getting together, weren't happy about the amount of criticism. Yeah. Ultimately, it's like it's like any player, any manager. You have to do better. If you do better, you don't get as much criticism. And I think that the people always say get the big calls right. There's been so mm-hmm. many big calls wrong this year yeah. in the eyes of the public. The referees might stand by them and say, "No, listen, we got them right." But the general public, the supporters, the people that phone in this programme, Gordon, believe mm. there's been too many big decisions wrong. Because this week, Mark, the I mean, remember last last Tuesday you were on, it was all yep. about the four penalties at Ibrox, yep. wasn't it? Yep. Um, so that, that was all very much 
the referee It was all referee focused This week we seem to have shifted And it's um, it's the compliance officer It's the disciplinary system Yeah The full thing needs overhauled um, Without I mean I don't really want to, to point the finger at refs again Because I feel like we've already done that yeah, this season yeah, yeah. But if you take Paul McGinn uh-huh. Take Paul McGinn's Surely the biggest question Is not what experience Claire White has Or what the procedure is uh-huh. Surely the biggest question Is how Willie Collum doesn't think that's a red card Yes, yeah, and and then I get look. I, I I can always sort of give the referees a, a benefit of the doubt in, in real time because you know you might because what we've always said and we've seen like referees giving penalties that are never penalties. And you think you're just you, you were clearly imagining something took place here. So what you always say is unless Willie Collum was a hundred percent in real time, he stopped. Well, maybe just it was maybe his shoulder, whatever it may be, right? Okay, but only Willie can answer that And fine, but what I, I can't get my head around is After reviewing it Now we don't know for sure whether it was Willie They say, no, that doesn't go upstairs Or Willie say, oh yeah, well, you know, looking at that now That should go upstairs to the three referees But between Willie Collum and, and, and three referees If it's got that far I can't get my head around how that's not been a unanimous decision That should be a red card for Paul McGinn I can't get my head around that one uh, but in terms of the real time thing, you know, I, I would always just give them give them the the, the benefit of the, of the doubt that just you know, unless you're hundred percent sure, then you can't. But looking at the, the 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 evidence, it's a red card all day long, you know. And Jim Duffy, uh, this doesn't happen in League One, does it? Because it's it's, it's all about the level of mm-hmm. of scrutiny. A lot of it is Celtic Rangers driven in in this mm-hmm. city. Yeah, um, yeah, but every every fan, every fan around the country. Whether you're Albion Rovers or Aberdeen, you know, from from the you know the the second division all the way up to the top, every fan believes that they don't get the decision, the benefit of decisions, but the high profile ones, of course, cause more controversy. There's no doubt about that, and more debate, and obviously we're finding that now uh, in this program. But every fan of every club will f- believe that those decisions went against some referees, or you know, not giving them the you know the same decisions that other teams get. Uh, every manager believes mm. that his team's on the end of uh, you know poor decisions. Everyone else gets the benefit. That that's the reason why, as I said, we we can kind of smile sometimes because the vast majority here is is obviously to deal with Rangers and Celtic fans, and everybody else who watches football knows that there are mm. major decisions in every game, at every level, but they don't get debated or or even discussed at times. Jim, can I just ask you mm. on the, in this front as a guy who's been mm. in football for forty years, mm. player, coach, manager, you're still involved. In it. Do you think? Or have you ever thought at any stage Referees or SFA Are corrupt And and, and, and we'll just bring it right yeah. into Celtic or Rangers Do you think in any way at all There's anything untoward goes on? No, absolutely not I mean listen I've been in the end of some terrible decisions that I've felt um, But I still believe it's an honest mistake And I think that that's the case for everyone It's just like asking if players Think that you know they, they made a, a deliberate mistake It's an honest mistake In a, on a, in a game the, the thing we're having to discuss just now Particularly with the, the red cards Is that they've got a chance To review that mistake mm-hmm. Whereas a player mm-hmm. doesn't A player can't go and he, he can tell you Well listen I, I didn't think I caught him in the box But I've looked at it now I did catch him in the box actually But nothing else You can get on with it A referee has a chance To review it And change his mind Like you mentioned there like, yeah, Or say that he didn't see yeah, it Yeah I didn't see it 100% Or whatever answer be Or someone blocked his view Or real time He didn't realise the impact Whatever But he can review it and then he can then pass that on to the the, the officials, the compliance officer, who can then put it to the referees. 
And that's the one difference just now. And I think, as I said earlier on, I think that's the reason why fans are getting frustrated because, yeah, they can understand at times. I think fans are the same as anyone. At the game, you might not think, oh, that's that bad. And then you watch it back and you think, oh, that's a lot worse than mm. I thought. Referees can do the same. But the fact is that these ones, in particular, Alan Powers and, and Paul McGinn's, have been rescinded. And, uh, you know, obviously Alan McGregor has, has mm. been upheld. So that that's the reason why I think fans are up in arms. And the Alan Power one's great for blowing apart mm-hmm. conspiracy theories. Because if you think the failure to punish mm-hmm. Alan Power retrospectively is, an, is, is anti-Rangers... <laughs> Why does it free him up To play against Celtic In the next game yeah, So there yeah. we go In depends, one incident what Can I spin you What you put it's, on it Gordon? It's gone <laughs> 01419511025 um, Mark is a Celtic fan In Hamilton Hi Mark Hi guys Hope you're all well Hi, uh, Just continuing on And losing brownie points <sighs> uh, I, Oh well, if it wasn't for referees, your show probably wouldn't have as many callers. That is true, Mark. I, I don't, so, I, I don't, don't doubt that don't, for a minute. Don't, uh, no, don't disturb our gift mouth. Fair enough. Uh, a lot of Rangers fans come on, complain about referees, etc. After a decision like McGregor's today and these other two guys, who, as you quite rightly said, should have had a red card. But I think it's also down to a sense of entitlement from our friends down in Way because over the years, they get more decisions going their way than any other team. If you look at this season, Morelos has been sent off numerous occasions. It probably could have been sent off another two or three times, particularly in the last Celtic Rangers game. How he even walked off the park without a yellow card is just unbelievable. McGregor has been putting boots into players, left, right and centre all season and getting away with it, and now, quite rightly, he's finally been punished for it. Uh, yet, Rangers fans are up in arms because they have this sense of entitlement that basically they should be treated, or they're used to being treated, differently from other people. And the SFA, the Scottish referees, the disciplinary committees which are made up of former referees who everybody's up in arms about, are probably the worst in Europe. And there is a catalogue that we could take us all night to go over of the SFA doing things that really are... (laughs) Corrupt is a very good word that could be used for it. You mentioned a minute ago. Not too sure Mark, about that, Mark. Uh, Just be very careful if you can. I'm sure of it. And oh, yeah. A lot of people no, are pretty no. sure of it. I'll need you, Mark. You can't see it. But, Mark, Mark, Mark listen, from, a, from a, a legal perspective, you're going to have to be pretty careful with accusations. That's that's all I'm saying. That's not me trying to be picky. It's just that's, that's the way of the world. Um, but, Mark, is, Mark Guidi, is this not, this not exactly what we're talking about? Mark comes on with sweeping statements about the fact that Rangers have had more decisions over the years than anyone and it's all down to a sense of entitlement they've issued a statement today Celtic issued a statement earlier this season unhappy with referees I mean was that a sense of entitlement Hearts have had a pop Kilmarnock have had a pop we just view everything from our own team's perspective yeah. and then we lose any common sense in the argument yeah I mean I, I, you know Mark's wanting to go down a road I'd, I'd, I'd like it to be more specific in terms of what he means in terms of this Entitlement Be more specific about it um, You know Back up what you're saying Give us more evidence um, But on that front uh, You know What I'd say Gordon You're right And I know Celtic fans get caught up in it And Rangers fans get caught up in it But Celtic are Playing Valencia tomorrow night mm-hmm. In the last 32 Of the Europa League They're top of the league They're sitting in a more than decent position To win eight in a row Could well treble, be treble. Treble, Trebles Etc Etc Posted good financial results Despite not getting into the Champions League Really good players I think they've had a good January window In terms of Oliver Burton mm-hmm. Timothy Weah Etc etc But Mark wants to come on The night before a big European game And and, and talk about go, go Get involved in a tit for tat And I, I just I'm not into people 
I think you're lowering yourself getting involved in tip for tap, particularly when your own clubs in a good place. You know, speak about the Valencia game, speak about Ollie Buck, whatever it may be. You know, I don't. But I'd, I'd like to say to go back if Mark's still there. What more specifically does he mean about this entitlement thing? Beat the pundit with goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL, and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Here's one for the second hour A wee topic that might get us on to football matter Did you watch the Champions League last night? Did you see any of the action? Yes, I seen An- a bit of the PSG Ankel De Maria Dogs abuse, yeah. didn't he? At mm-hmm. Old Trafford He then sets up two goals mm-hmm. against his former club So here's my question for you For the second hour of tonight's show Get your thinking caps on I'm looking for your memories Of former players Who were better against you <laughs> Than they were for you There must be loads of examples Over the years Sorry give us that again Gordon. So we're looking yeah. for examples Of players that were better Against you Than they were For you Alright oh, right, right. There we go This is in the back of Angel De Maria That's just something To keep us ticking over In the second hour It's time for Beat the Pundit though Your chance to take on Mark Guidi And Jim Duffy And remember Just for getting through To play tonight You win a pair of tickets To the Premier League of Darts Tomorrow night At the Hydro What a romantic Valentine's Day That'll be You don't even need to get Any of the questions right If you get through The tickets are you you can still win the sign ball by beating Mark and Jim Give us a call 01419511025 Be quick The lines close when the news starts at 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Where we have been building up to Celtic against Valencia We've been reacting to the news that Alan McGregor failed in his appeal uh, For the second hour Here's the question I mean, I, I, As always The brownie points Are definitely <laughs> on the table now For football calls So I think everyone's Getting a bit Scunnered A good old fashioned Scottish <laughs> word uh, With the, the disciplinary <laughs> stuff um, Here's one for you though In light of Angel De Maria Last night I don't know if you saw it In the Champions League He took dogs mm-hmm. abuse At Old Trafford He sets up two of the goals So we are looking for Players that were better Against you Than they were for you Or players that came back To haunt you That type of thing So give us your thoughts On Twitter I can see a lot coming in uh, Or on the phones 01419511025 We'll get to that after this Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday Yes it is Beat the Pundit time An extra spice to Beat the Pundit For these the three days this week so far Because not only do you come on here You get the chance to get one over on the Pundits And win a signed ball You also get yourself a pair of tickets To the Premier League darts Are you happy with that Anthony and Coatbridge? Yes very much so aye Good stuff Now here's the important question Anthony Is this part of your Valentine's Day plans Or is it instead of your Valentine's Day plans? <laughs> It's not, I say, I'm at all. I'll take my girlfriend with me if she wants to come. She likes the darts as well. Oh, there we go. Never let it be. I really had much fun, so I thought when I had it. Romance. Romance is not dead, exactly. (laughs) It's going strong in Coatbridge. Anthony's off to the darts. Listen, we hope you enjoy it. Some of the top players are going to be there. Uh, The likes of Van Gerwen, Peter Wright, Van Barneveld. Uh, It's at the SSE Hydro tomorrow. So thanks to our friends at the PDC uh, for giving us these tickets all this week. So, Anthony, enjoy your night, but we're going to try and make it a bit better for you. You might be able to go there on the back of a beat the pundit victory head you're up against Mark Guidi Tails you'll be up against Jim Duffy and it is Tails Jim Duffy against Anthony from Coatbridge so I'll give Jim some Clyde 2 and make sure he's uh, there's no cheating no conspiracies going on in here Anthony you've got 30 seconds head to head with Jim you can pass here is your chance to beat the pundit you ready? yep who are the holders of the Scottish Challenge Cup? Uh, which Hibs player has been banned for two matches for a challenge on Izagiri? Oh, 
pass. Who was in charge of St Mirren the last time they were relegated from the top flight? Jack Ross. In what year did Bobo Baldi join Celtic from Toulouse? 2003. Who did Ali McLeod manage on three separate occasions? Oh, pass. What animal is on Valencia's badge? Oh, a wolf. And in what city, quickly, in what city is this year's Champions League final being held? Moscow Okay let me bring Jim Duffy back We're quite tough tonight Jim I must say Same as <laughs> everyone always night. tough Nah they're not You ready? Yeah sure Right let's do it Who are the holders Of the Scottish Challenge Cup? Oh is it Ross County? Which Hibs player Has been banned for two games For a challenge on Izagiri? Uh, oh Christ I can't remember Who was in charge of St Mirren The last time they were relegated From the top flight? Not a clue what year did Bobo Baldi join Celtic from Toulouse? 2000 Who did Ali McLeod manage on three separate occasions? Yeah, United What animal is on Valencia's badge? Tiger And in what city is this year's Champions League final being held? Budapest Okay Anthony, you've heard the competition Yep Fancy your Never chances? Never had a clue No You must have done better than me, Anthony Because I think I only knew one <laughs> All I'm going to say is Without giving too much away <laughs> It was not a classic <laughs> no, Right no. This will not live long In the memory uh, As far as the score goes So let's go through them And we'll find out Who are the current holders Of the Challenge Cup You were at least In the right neck of the woods It's Inverness, Inverness. Okay. Uh, Which Hibs player Has been banned for two matches For a challenge on Izagiri It's Darnell Johnson, Johnson. So nil-nil After two mm. questions A sign of things to come I think you'll find Who was in charge of St Mirren The last time they were relegated From the top flight Gary Teal Gary Teal mm. uh, In what year did Bobo Baldi join Celtic? You were both in the right neck of the woods But it was 2001 2001 Alright Who did So by the way this, I think this is a first Four questions in and it's nil-nil nil. I think that's <laughs> an all-time low it's, it's not, Listen you can, you can good Last minute winners nil-nils. That's true you know I mean? Not how you start It's how you finish <laughs> uh, yeah, Look moving, at last minute Moving swiftly on uh, Who did Ali McLeod manage on three separate occasions? Air United hey. We finally got an answer on the board <laughs> yeah. It goes to Jim Duffy Anthony I'm afraid So it's one nil to him What Animal is on Valencia's badge This Falcon. question has got It's a bat it? This question's got our producer Written all over it Anthony He's a, he's a strange individual 1-0 uh, 1-0 to Jim Duffy So you had the chance to equalise With the last question In what city Is this year's Champions League final being held Madrid It's Madrid again But it's, it's Atletico, Atletico Stadium yes, Atletico. So there it? we go Anthony a big fat zero for you And a one oh, well. For Jim Duffy <laughs> A late winner I'm A one's a one Duff. They all count don't One's they? a one But listen Anthony If you're looking for any way To soften the blow You and mm. your girlfriend Are off for a romantic night uh, <laughs> At the, the Premier League darts Tomorrow at the Hydro So enjoy that Lovely thank you Good man That was Anthony In Cote Bridge There Just we go Just out of curiosity Where's the Europa League final? Don't know Oh Baku 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 Azerbaijan Azerbaijan Baku. Yes yep. Istanbul's got one of them next year, hasn't it? Is it next year, is it? Yeah, it's now you're asking. I do find that stuff difficult to keep up with. I know them for this season, but I can't go any further, I must say. Right, 01419511025. Let's talk football if we can. We're looking for players who were better against you than they were for you. If you think this is completely plucked out of nowhere This is on the back of Angel de Maria last night He took dogs abuse at Old Trafford Clearly didn't do too much in a Man United shirt Did you see even get a, a, bottle a bottle thrown? Not, yeah. not, a flare? Um, no, there was a bottle as well Not, bottle, not that yeah. we condone that by the way But yeah. if it happens, picking it up and drinking it is, is a fairly good way to answer it So looking for those players that were better against you Than they were for you Or former players that come back to haunt you Any that... 
Any that spring to mind I'll tell you what Let's take a call straight away Because I think this will be a, a common one Mick is a Celtic fan from Aviemore What do you think Mick Anyone that was better against you than for you? Uh, yes uh, Kenny Miller I knew it Kenny Miller He <laughs> wasn't that great When he played for Celtic But by God He scored a few goals against us mm-hmm. He won't be surprised uh, uh, yeah, When he went to Rangers that's that's a that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, there's another old uh, player because there's not that many who went across the road. It was Alfie Con. Mm-hmm. Alfie Con was brilliant for Rangers, but not quite so good for Celtic. Is that right? He, he was, was better. The, yeah, late seventies and early eighties. Alfie was a fantastic player, but more so for Rangers. I mean, Kenny Miller did manage a goal for Celtic mm-hmm. against Rangers, mm-hmm. didn't he? Yeah, but yeah. over the piece, I think it's obvious what, what oh, club yeah, he was he, synonymous he, with. Yeah, he was, he was uh, in great form for Rangers over the over the three. Periods, uh, he, he struggled a wee bit at Celtic. I always thought he, I, I, he didn't really get get enough time or, or enough benefit to do, and he was moved on after one season. But again, Celtic got him on a Bosman from Wills and sold him for three million quid to Derby. It might have been Billy Davis that bought him actually. Um, so yeah, just goes to show you a bit of business. I think there's a lot of players that went to the old firm, you know, and that's always a difficult one to compare. Them. So for instance, like Rab Douglas, as Matt mentioned earlier on, you know, you get a Europa League, you, you win titles and stuff like that. So you know, obviously his performances against Alexa Dundee, where he came from. Oh, of would, course, yeah, yeah. You would always think, well, definitely. Yeah. Not say he didn't play so well, mm. but you know that that level of player. When you go up to the higher levels, it's, it's, it's hard. I think when teams are a little bit more even, when somebody yeah. goes, so for instance, just now, Lorne Shankland. If if anybody was at either Morton or St Man who had been in loan, you yeah. have to say, well, he wasn't. He certainly wasn't that way. We was, yeah. even though he did okay, but not to the extreme levels where he's been at. Would you believe We've already had one in for that I don't mm. see these questions mm. Something oh, the response yeah. just It just blows up Any for Mo Johnson yet? Um, I don't know Let me, let me have a quick look Where is the Lauren There we are Fitzy calls him Big Larry Shankland mm. mm-hmm. He says he didn't <laughs> Big Larry mm-hmm. He didn't do much for us at Morton But he's went on to Air United And is scalping them in mm-hmm. everywhere Including mm-hmm. against us So there we go That's a good mm-hmm. shout yeah. uh, Mick what about Up to the present day For your team then Valencia tomorrow uh-huh. How do you see it going? It's going to be a hard game, as everybody expects. I know we had a really good game the other day, but this is a different level of football. But it'll be a hard game, but I definitely think we have we have got a chance. You know, it'll be good to see us actually winning against one of these teams. But before I go, can I, can I blow my brownie points right out the window? Oh, please? go on. We were doing so well. I know. It's a... The Rangers man that says, oh, so many of our, nine, nine of our players have been up, up for red cards and all the rest of it. Well, I think one he's mentioned, well, does that no point to a, a disciplinary problem in that particular team? Uh, I mean, he can't, he can't for a minute uh, deny Morelos and, and all his carry-ons, you know. And then and then on the other side of things, uh, so he's, he's feeling hard done to by that. But on the other side of things, it would be very interesting to see what the penalty count is for Rangers as opposed to any other team in, in the league. Uh, and It's an old Glasgow saying, if Rangers ever win a game 1-0, they used to always say, who scored the penalty? <laughs> that, that is it in a nutshell, because Mick's picked out... Last last week we had loads of Celtic yeah. fans saying, look, at Rangers are top of the penalty list, what does that prove? And now we've got, uh, you know, Rangers are also top of the retrospective punishment list, and what does that prove? Let's just not Seriously 01419511025 At Clyde SSB 
on Twitter as well So many coming in Honestly on the, the players that were better Against you than they were for you I think I can uh, agree with this man M He says Jolly boy John Sutton For Motherwell mm-hmm. Against Hearts He dragged Motherwell back From a first half 3-0 away deficit To get a draw He couldn't shoot fish In a barrel for Hearts <laughs> Do you remember that? So he, yeah. he was at Motherwell yeah, Did yeah, well yeah. Went to Hearts mm-hmm. Couldn't quite do it yeah. Back to Motherwell and became yeah. He was prolific wasn't he, he always, uh, yeah. For a season there mm-hmm. And Paul Jones says Brat back And he says Scott McDonald cost Celtic a title Although he was more than decent mm-hmm. As a Celtic player as well So players that were better against you Than they were for you Aidan is uh, He's only 12 years old So he doesn't mm-hmm. have as many To compare as you Jim Duffy No mm-hmm. offence But he's still right. got one on his mind Aidan who, who's, who was better against you Than he, than he was for you so I thought that Joe Ingy Burgett was good against us when he played for Malmo in the Champions League. He scored twice against us. That's a great shoot. Paddy Hastings elaborates. Yeah. He says uh, the guy was a passenger at Celtic and he was amazing against us in the Champions Who's League qualifier. Joe Ingy Burgett. Yeah. Oh yes, it? yeah. Do you want to dial a signed him? Yeah. 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 Joe Ingy I think it's a great shout, Aidan, as you say. But some players, I mean, just now there's one that's down south. He did play against, but it's Timo Pukki. Timo mm. Pukki is, is I think his top goal scorer in the championship yeah, with Norwich in, yep. and yet for Celtic for a couple of million pounds whatever it is mm. they bought from he just again just looked completely out of sorts what, what are the main sort of reasons for that then when we always talk about players being a, a certain fit Jim Duffy mm-hmm. or a, a, a club suits them that's, yeah. that's quite a generalisation what, what can that mean? Listen there's a number of things the, you know, they feel confident with the players they hit the ground running is another thing I think when you get in there if you, if you start off scoring goals then all of a sudden you get the confidence, the fans get behind you, the players get behind you, you know, they, they almost like think, oh wait a minute, the manager's pulling one out of the bag here, so there's a, there's, a, there's a, just a real a real uh, level of confidence and belief, and I think when you get players like that, and he's, there's a number of things, you know, dressing rooms, atmosphere, where you live, cities you live in, all sorts of things that can be the reasons, um, you know, particularly if you come from abroad, and you settle into somewhere, you just feel as if it's home, it's, it's so much like your family's happy, your background, so many, um, you know, reasons why it clicks at one club and doesn't mm. click another, and also style of football. You know, if it, you can go to a player, I remember when all oh, the many years ago I was at, at Chelsea, and Chris Sutton came to Chelsea, and he's off, off the back of Blackburn, and they wanted a target man striker, but it just completely fell flat for him because Chelsea rarely put a ball in the box. Didn't play with any wingers for a start. Mm-hmm. Played like a diamond midfield. Didn't really throw crosses into the box And Sutton's moving about everywhere Trying to go on the ball It just was his way Goes to Celtic Celtic play with Agat and Thompson in particular And getting wide Getting crosses in Playing with Larson He it, it, it was a fantastic player with Celtic But the style suited him um, Night and day Getting balls in Doing what he's good at Playing in the penalty box Up against defenders And he was absolutely terrific I suppose there's, there's also um, The whole Level of expectation Mark with the, the pressure Because that sometimes Then can work Against you Because there would be Imagine a good few players Who Looked good against Celtic and Rangers But, but then when they, when they went To play for Celtic or Rangers Maybe that was Why they You know they didn't Perform because of that That expectation We always talk about Weight yeah. of the jersey That type of thing Aye look, look, Listen there's a lot To be said for that You know having the mentality To cope with 50, 60,000 You know Breathing down your neck Watching every move Off the park as well There's a whole scrutiny That you came under And you know, your life very much doesn't it, become um, your own. So there's all that to handle um, too. And I think Jim says it, it makes maybe the most valid point of all. It's about hitting the ground running as quickly mm-hmm. as you can. Mm-hmm. Try to find a rhythm. And if you maybe not started well, 
you know, just the, the manager and the supporters showing a wee bit of patience with you um, to get you through it. And uh, that's important too, to have the support of the people inside the club. I mean, John is on Twitter. He says Yusuf Malumbu mm-hmm. in terms of was was brilliant against Celtic yeah. for Kilmarnock last year and it didn't really work out for him at Celtic. Uh, Stephen as well, he says that Gordon Marshall was useless at Celtic, he says. But he had two outstanding games on the last day for Killy in 2003 and at Motherwell in 2005 what would be the common denominator in those days? Celtic lost the league league. yeah Yeah, yeah, exactly good to see that Stephen's not bitter he's he's, he's, he's not not remembering it Aberdeen goalie coach now Big Marsh yeah he's been there for a while absolutely Uh, Lee Boy as well says Harold Bratback far better for Rosenborg than Mm -hmm. Celtic and he scored against Celtic um, after leaving on that note of you know being easier to play against Celtic or Rangers than to play for them Craig is a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld any that spring to mind Craig? Oh yeah, straight away for me um, was Michael Harden because I think he has always played better for St Johnston than he ever did for Rangers. Even when he went back and loan there uh, last season, you know that first uh, period, I think like ten games or whatever before he got injured, he was outstanding for St Johnston, and that was better than he'd ever played in the entire time he was at Rangers. Uh, although his opportunities ultimately became limited, that was because any time he was in the park. He didn't really show up for me, so I think he has to be, certainly for me, one that was better against Rangers. Um, that's a, yeah, that, that's that's a good shout, and also um, because you get some cases, and in almost all of them, I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but that was one that you got the impression that he was a big reason that he was signed was because of his performances against Rangers, and you sometimes yeah. get that, don't you? Where, where teams will yeah. sign a player because they've done well mm-hmm. against them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, Craig makes a pretty good case there, doesn't he? Ah, you know, Mike, I, I remember at the time when uh, Michael O'Halloran signed for Rangers, I said that Rangers might pay about four hundred grand, yeah. roughly, round about that. Craig was it on the back. There was a midweek cup game, wasn't there? Is that? And I think either scored the goal or, or something. Yeah. Was it on the back of that? I think it was a night that Hugh Keevans had totally written St Johnston off without that's, having that's, seen them play. Sounds, you know, it sounds usual, like him. Yeah. Usual <laughs> Hugh. Um, but um, it was it was that night, and I think. Yeah. Any Rangers fan would tell you that we were, you know, excited initially about the signing because he played so well. Yeah, Blister, blistering and pace, Craig. You know, really mm-hmm. pacey. You know that, what he brings to and 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 had an eye for goal and could come in off the right or the left or even uh, through the middles. I think he might have played at Ibrooks, um that night mm-hmm. in the in the hut Rangers on, on the counter attack. But I remember at the time when Rangers signed him, I said, you know what, all day long, four hundred grand a bargain. He's a tighter player. Very quickly could end up going for like three million quid. You know, you know if Rangers wanted to use him. As an asset and move on, I'm sure there'll be an interest in him and people sniffing about. But for whatever reason, it just didn't take off for him. And uh, you know, I, I felt for him because he's a really good, really good professional, Michael Howard, and a talented player. Oh, definitely. Um, the other point I wanted to make tonight as well, was if that's all right, was the uh, the Celtic fan you said on about five minutes ago. He was talking about you know Rangers penalties and their. Disciplined record. Well, as far as the discipline is concerned, you know, I don't disagree that there's a problem there that needs to be dealt with. And the message isn't getting through to Gerard, and I don't know why that is. Maybe Rangers need to start finding the players as well to really hammer home the message. On the penalty front, up until the St Mirren game, where I feel two were penalties and two weren't, Celtic actually had had the most penalties this season. The opening 26 domestic games of this season, Celtic had a penalty on average, in every other game that they had played. And also, midweek, when Celtic played Hibs just there as well, Scott Brown should have been off the park. But he wasn't. He was booked. And 
you know, that was the referee that made that decision. And I just think it's easy to see all young Rangers disciplinary record. There are a lot of red cards that could have been given to Celtic this season and other teams that haven't. So that that's a refereeing problem as much as it is a discipline problem for Rangers as well on both the, the, the penalties and the discipline. Mm. I don't think it's fair to just say that Rangers are getting more penalties than the discipline this because it's just, it's not a case really. Until last weekend it wasn't. Six penalties in the last two weeks, four of them have won. Really penalties, so I don't see. Yeah, listen, and I think I think that is fair. It was brought up as an example, you know, to, to be shot down. I don't think we were saying that the the, the table showing Rangers had no. the most penalties. That's what we were saying. That didn't prove anything. Listen, the same way as it's a compliment to to Celtic and Rangers that get more penalties. The reason being because they're in the opposition box more often. They're attacking more. They're in there. They're going to invite more challenges. You know, they invite risky challenges. They put teams under pressure. Teams get tired. You know, they, they lose concentration, they dangle a leg, and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. But the thing is, they are probably getting likely to get more penalties because they're in the opposition box Thank, more often. Thanks to Craig and Cumbernauld at Clyde SSB on Twitter or on the phones we're looking for. Uh, and, and some people might have just turned on and what are they talking about? <laughs> Angel de Maria last night, giving dogs abuse at Old Trafford, comes back to haunt his former team. We're looking for players that were better against your team. Than they were for them Kenneth Kane says David Fernandez Excellent for Livy Did nothing for us I assume he means uh, Celtic uh, Mikey says Andy Webster It didn't work out at Rangers With injuries He goes to Dundee United And wins the Scottish Cup We've got a cracking question On the full time teaser And it's topical as well It relates to what We've been talking about Over the last couple of weeks So we'll get We'll get the question (laughs) Up and running next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's time for you to put a question to the pundits and hopefully you catch them out because let's be honest, that's more fun for everyone. So tonight's full time <laughs> teaser is sent in by Martin. If you've got a good question, maybe you've been listening for a while and you think, Do you know what? I could catch those two out Fulltime at Clyde1.com That's fulltime at Clyde1.com So we're looking for 10 players Currently in our top flight Who've picked up the most disciplinary points <laughs> Since season See what I did there Since season 2003-2004 I mean if if you care It doesn't make much difference For instance you, you know you get a point for a yellow mm-hmm. I think it's 5 points for a straight red That That type of thing So there are 10 players Currently in the top flight Who've picked up the most disciplinary points Since season 03-04 I'll, I'll throw one in right away Graham Shinney Graham Shinney Is Ninth on that list He's in there Yep He's got 62 disciplinary points That's not particularly important We're just looking for the names <laughs> On the list So since 03-04 So you've got a bit of a debate here Do you go for guys who you think you know they, they were always getting booked but, but maybe longevity plays a part here as well Because if you've played in the league for so long then You know Did you say they're all still currently playing Yeah they the all, they all currently play in the top flight So we're looking for out, out of all the players in the top flight Who are the top 10 Who've picked up the most disciplinary points Since 03-04 Graham Shinney's one Scott Brown Yep he's top of the league if you like mm-hmm. Um because he's yeah he gets he gets booked from time to time and he's also played so many games so that's going to contribute. Kevin as Thompson? Well. Oh, he's not currently. He's not currently. No. Playing. So Scott, I'll I'll, hmm, I'm, I'll throw him in anyway since he's still playing here. Stephen Aismith. No. 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 I thought he might have been in Christoph Berra. Nope. 
See these guys have been away for quite a while as well, yeah, haven't they? They're in their thirties. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to think about ones that have been about for a for a little while. So we've we got Shinny and, and Scott Brown. That's it. Shinny and Scott Brown. That's fine. You've got eight to go. Um, we are talking football. All the stories of the day, whether that be Alan McGregor, whether it be Celtic against uh, Valencia. We're also asking you after Angel Di Maria last night, which players were better against you than they were for you? And I must say the response to this has been unbelievable. So thank you very much for all the tweets. Uh, and phone calls will give you a couple of other ones to get you take us down memory lane. What about this one, Mark Weedy? Scott McFarlane says Daniel Prodan. Don't think he ever played a first team game, um, but the goal he scored against us in the Champions League was unbelievable. Sadly, no longer with us. But yeah, um, I think for for Stoyer Bucharest against Walter Smith's um, team mid nineties. Um, yeah, it was a it was a belter, and uh, again for Prodan, it was it was Dick Dick Advocat that, that signed him. And uh, at the time you'd have had to have said You know Terrific signing but, but Two and a half million quid I think back then But injury He just He, he was just hampered uh, With injury And I know Arthur Newman uh, Lived next door to him in, in, in Hamilton And you know Arthur said just A gentleman An absolute gentleman And uh, you know the, the, the Rangers squad The players the management Really felt for him Because they wanted him To succeed and do well And go over the injury Problems but he just couldn't do it It was a shame I think there's maybe a bit of tongue in cheek on Ian's as well He says What about Larson? Does nothing for us for years And then comes back <laughs> with Barca and scores <laughs> There we go 01419511025 Jim is in Springburn What's in your mind Jim? Uh, a couple of points mate uh, About the Celtic game tomorrow And also uh, There's a, a guy standing across the year I think uh, Jim Duffy uh, Never really got a chance at Celtic Always played really well against us and also, it may be a teammate of Jim Duffy's was Andy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. All right, Jim Duffy, were you? Mm-hmm. Were you always good against Celtic? I wouldn't say I was always good against him, <laughs> but you yeah, yeah, I enjoyed. You, you, listen, when you when you go to play like a club for Zafir or Morton and that, you, you're Dundee. You know, you love playing in the bigger games because that's you know the the fans are there and it's a fantastic atmosphere. So, but um, so I, I did enjoy playing it, and, and Big Andy um, was outstanding. Obviously. He won the, the the football writers, I think, uh, player of the year that year um, mm. when, after he left. And again, he was he was brilliant against everyone. But I actually think, particularly against Aberdeen, he always seemed to do well against Aberdeen. Fergie's Aberdeen at that time, which was a, a, a an outstanding side. But yeah, I think uh, Big Andy will certainly be one. I think even, I think he certainly he done well, and uh, including against Celtic. Was there anything else in in, in your form, Jim? When you no know, the other Jim on the line. Mm. Anything to do with having been at Celtic before? I mean, did no. that, that that didn't play into an extra motivation or anything? Absolutely not. No, no I mean, I think I felt as if I played the same against everyone, but you enjoyed the game more. You were up, maybe up for it a little bit more because I said, not because of Celtic, because I felt the same if it was Celtic Rangers. I love playing at Ibrox, I love playing at Celtic Park, I love playing at Petodio, these kind of grounds. Um, it was just great to be <laughs> playing as a professional footballer. And I think, um, you know, you just kind of, you knew, you looked at the players and who you're up against and you thought, right, I need to be at the top of my game here. So you tried to concentrate. Wasn't all didn't always work, mm. but you you know, you, you kinda of psyched yourself up for a little bit. Other Jim on the line, come back in. Uh aye, Jim, you, you tried your best against Celtic to say this is what you could have had. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved you to have had my teammate. <laughs> and also I stayed across the road to the Columbus school. You used to wear right. watch you playing, you and Charlie Nicholas and stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, we that school. My other point is uh I wouldn't play Lustig tomorrow at right back because I still blame Lustig for Celtic and out of the Champions League. I love the big guy, but the second goal over in Athens, the, the guy just danced around about him right in the touchline. Mm-hmm. And 
I was playing twelve yarn and hopefully he's a giddy. Just get felt to look over his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, it's running in tomorrow. Most Celtic fans we get in the line, and I appreciate that that doesn't speak for everyone. Most wanted a right back in Jan- in January to to take Mikel Lustig's place, or certainly to give him a really good push and, and try and dislodge him from the team. So, if Tolian's going to be that man, then I get Lustig's experience and so on. But surely, you know, these are the games that Jeremy Tolian plays in. Yeah. Then. I mean, I don't. You can't blame Lustig. You take, you know, whatever a couple hundred games, and he's one bad game. I'm not saying one bad game. You know, he's more than that. But he's not in many. He's a very consistent, steady performer. But he had a bad, he had a bad uh, uh, night that night, and and you know was responsible for 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 that goal. But you you know, there's there's so many other aspects of football for over ninety minutes. You can't just blame someone for going out the Champions League. But if if he's picked to play, I think his experience could be vital. And as I said, there's, there's not that many times you see Lustig getting roasted. So, you know, I think Tolian has come in. As I said earlier on, he looks very comfortable, very assured. I think he was was he bought for five million mark before you know at Dortmund. You know, and it, so Tolian, I think, yeah. So I, I, think it might have been, yeah. I think I think he was bought for about five million. So if you've brought a player in like that, mm. then he must have a really good standard. And going to Celtic, as I said. I, I, listen, I was a big fan. I've mentioned on the program of Anthony Ralston, and I feel it was it was tough on him. That's the nature of being at a big club. You've got to compete all the time. But Tolian settlement in there, and he's he's thrown the gauntlet down to Lustig. Like that's for sure. Someone who'll be looking to do the business at the other end is Oliver Burke. He says he wants to test himself on the European stage. He is expected to lead the line. I think we'd we'd all agree with that. And he says he's relishing the challenge. Really looking forward to the game tomorrow. Obviously, it's uh, an amazing venue, and it's going to be. Uh, an exciting crowd and um, I'm really looking forward to it. These European games are one of the main reasons that you, you came to Celtic. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, an amazing occasion for, for the team and for me as well. Uh, it my first European game so it's uh, I'm really excited and uh, can't wait to play. How well placed do you think Celtic are at the moment to take something from this time? I think uh, we're in a really good place at the minute. I think uh, our form is, is really good and um, uh, the team morale is, is is sky high at the minute, so we're going into the game to try and win, and um, and fingers crossed. Do you look at this tie and think that it's important to keep a clean sheet as well if you're to go over to Valencia and qualify? Of course, uh, we look into every game to try and keep a clean sheet. Um, we don't want anybody scoring against us, but I think it's important uh, tomorrow night that we we do our best at the back and uh, defend as a team and um, and uh, keep a clean sheet. Um, I can't see too strong a case for anyone other than Oliver Burke starting anything of no, not thought. I think it'll be Burke, Foster, and uh, sorry, Forrest and uh, Sinclair. I, th- I don't think I think we'll be with Christie, um, McGregor, and, and Brown. I think that area has been very, very good for Celtic um, with uh, Timothy Weir coming off the bench if, if required. And obviously, Austin Edward is back available, but Brendan Rodgers saying not maybe quite sharp enough. Still got a little bit to find. So I, I can I can't see them changing that top line at all. Um, and again, Mark Guidi, this is the the same challenge that applies to lots of players for Celtic. It has been a great start for Oliver Burke. You have to commend them for it, but you could also do that whilst acknowledging that doing it against Airdrie and St Johnston and, and so on is one thing, and tomorrow just simply poses a, a bigger test. Yeah, and and I think for him too, you know, whether he he wants to stay at Celtic in terms of you know can Celtic afford to put a package together. Does he want to go down to West Brom or does he want a transfer? Then, you know, as, as we always say, it's European nights that, that you really make your name in terms of the bigger and better leagues. So, the lights are down south, there'll be question marks over Oliver Burke. And you're right, 
Does it really register down south that he's playing well against St. Johnson? Not, doesn't he? But see if he plays well tomorrow night, all of a sudden he's back in the radar down the road. I mean, Jim Duffy did well because we know that the modern game is like the level of analysis that the teams do in the opposition. Uh, Valencia, I assume, will be well, well aware of his his mm. pace because that that's that's a weapon that it, it still exists against yes. good opposition and, and and weaker opposition. So I'm I'm sure they'll. Be well t- well aware of, of what he can do when he gets running. Yeah, but we're talking earlier on about players that feel fit and and, and feel comfortable in an environment, and, and certainly all of what seems to be there. But it was only maybe in his first couple of games, everyone was a little bit unsure. You know, we're not quite sure if he's a centre forward, and we're not quite sure of him. But then, you know, he starts to catch the eye a little bit, and as he creates space for people like Sinclair, people like Forrest, who are back on the goal trail again, um, because he's he's actually not just good at running behind. He comes off into little pockets. His touch is good, and if someone's really tight to him because of his 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 physicality, he just uses him to get on that half turn. And then once he's away, you're not catching him. Doesn't matter where what country you come from, including including mm. Spain. So he will be uh, very very important for for Celtic tomorrow night. I've no doubt about that. Tonight's full time teaser was sent in by Martin. Full time at Clyde One dot com is where to send your questions. Ten. We're looking for of all the players in the top flight at the moment. We're looking for the top 10 who've picked up the most disciplinary points since 03-04. Guys like Scott Brown and Graham Shinney. Kit Broadfoot? Nope. Lewis Stevenson? Nope. Ricky Foster? Yes, Ricky Foster is on there. He is just above Graham Shinney. Darren O'Dee? Nope. Darren McKinnon? Yes, Darren McKinnon. He's uh, towards the top end of that table, the Hamilton Aki skipper. Paul Hanlon? I'll throw Stephen McLean No Alright we'll leave that there Let's speak to Paul Who's a Falkirk fan on the line What's your point tonight Paul? Hi guys how you doing? Good thank Hi, you um, I've got a couple of points actually um, I'm, actually, I'm a Falkirk fan um, I just wanted to talk about uh, Ray McKinnon mm-hmm. And how well a job he's actually done Since he's took over from Paul Hartley um, Obviously we all know that Things went really really bad in the summer With uh, Paul Hartley obviously losing his job And didn't really go for him what he tried to do at the club, but I think since um, the revolutions happened, <laughs> um, and things are actually looking up for us now, and we're starting to drag other teams into it, um, into the relegation battle, and we're probably starting to actually look further up the table. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my other points I had as well, um, you're talking about players who are better against us than for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one. Uh, Miles Hippolyte plays for Dunfermline now, one of our rivals. <laughs> He's always been better than us since he signed for them about a year and a half ago. He scored every single game we've played against us. <laughs> oh, there's uh, nothing worse. Seeing it's a rival as well, Paul. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> My dad's actually got a really good one, actually. He texted me when I was uh, just driving home there. Um, he said, Jim Duffy. <laughs> By the way, we've had a couple of them, Paul. against us than, uh, than he was. <laughs> was before my time. So. Well, I never played for Falkirk, so that's all, that's all right. You, you managed, I think. I managed, am I? But I, don't, I think you forgive me. Maybe a better manager. Maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be why. Maybe, you should, manager, have, maybe, maybe you should have got the boots on. Maybe that's the accusation. <laughs> um, yeah. what, what about the, the first point, Jim? Because you certainly look at the form. I mean, it's, it's three wins and two draws mm-hmm. in the last five for Falkirk. That, mm-hmm. that, that is an obvious turnaround. Can, can you see them now looking up the way rather than being dragged in? Yeah. Again, football is all about confidence and momentum, and that's exactly what uh, Falkirk have got just now. It was a terrific result away to Alloa uh, there last week, and uh, you know, with Thistle being in the cup and stuff like that, even though Thistle had a good result, it meant that Falkirk went above them, and you know, they, they are looking up. And you know, I think all credit to, to Ray McKinnon for, for basically just having to look at it and, hit, and put his stamp on it, but all credit to the, to the board at Falkirk because 
Paul signed a lot of players I think somewhere about 15, 16 players in the summer And then I'm not quite sure How many Ray has signed But I think there's about a dozen anyway mm -hmm. So therefore, you know To having to get players out, players in You need the support of the board They've got to have trust in you And back you And if they see the fruits of results Then obviously it makes things a little bit easier But it's taken maybe a little bit longer But certainly they look as if the, the, they're on the way up now And uh, I think teams just ahead of them now I'll certainly be looking over their shoulder I, mean, I think there's only three points Between the bottom mm. four in that division mm. It really is a, a great league Paul, how is uh, how is Zach Rudden looking on loan from Rangers? Because he's he's got nine league goals um, In terms of the top scorer in the division He's only behind the likes of Shankland, Doby and Billy Mackay So no shame there for, for a young striker, is he impressing you? Oh, absolutely, yeah He's been an absolute credit to um, to the team I think without him when obviously McKinnon brought him in, it was his first signing just at the end of the transfer window in the summer. Um, brought him in, he's only, he's only 18, 19 he's years old. He's only 18, I think. Um, 18 years old, yeah. and you know what a head he's got on him. You know, he's, he's brilliant on the ball. He's probably better in the air with the <laughs> Most of his goals, I think, have came from, from headers, but his work rate is phenomenal. He runs every single minute he's on that pitch, and um, I'm just glad that Rangers gave us him back in the, in the January mm -hmm. summer. Uh, sorry, in the January uh, window Because um, obviously it was looking a bit Like he might go to a Premier League team But mm. I don't know if there's rumours were true But Rudden's been different class Absolutely Yeah, different. but we'll watch that one with interest Because I know the, the Scottish youth teams He, he features heavily yeah. in them, Jim So, um, my goodness, we, yeah. could, we, could, we could be doing with producing a few more strikers, couldn't we? Yeah, but it's a, it's a brave call to put an 18-year-old in When you're needing, you know, goals And mm. you know, you're, and you were struggling at the bottom of the league at that time At that time, they didn't have maybe the confidence they've got now But he has definitely given them you know that focal point of mm. being a goal scorer Liking your memories of players that were better against you than for you Alan Johnson brilliant in a Hearts jersey Came to Ibrox and could not cross a ball to save himself Says Paul Halbert uh, Right what about mm. the players in our top flight We're looking for the top 10 with the most disciplinary points Since 03-04 Scott Brown, Darren McKinnon, Ricky Foster, Graham Shinney so far Andrew Considine Yep mm. Carol McHugh No You mentioned another one Jim, another Hamilton Doug Emery Yes well done. Mm -hmm. That's you got the top four. We'll get the rest of the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are into the home stretch, onto the final part of tonight's show, and that means they need to get their uh, proverbial fingers out on the full time mm -hmm. teaser. So we're looking for out of the players currently in our top flight, who are the top 10? With the most disciplinary points picked up So you know the most yellows The most reds combined Scott Brown is top Followed by Dougie Emery Followed by Andy Considine And then Darren McKinnon You've got all of them You've also got Richard Foster And Graham Shinney Any more? A... I'll throw one in Paul McGowan No Gowser. No He's got a few points uh, yeah, Most yeah, of them yeah. are off the pitch uh, Yeah I think we'll leave <laughs> that one there uh, Scott Boyd Nope Kenny Miller No I'll throw in Chris Boyd then Keegan Jacobs No He may have played in the top flight Livingston. Too long I suppose yeah. will he mm. Just think of it He's been at Livingston For a while So you're looking for the guy That's 10th on this list And you're looking for another Three right there In the middle mm. Still time for you To get your calls in 0141 951 1025 Let's hear from you We're on Twitter At Clyde SSB We have been asking as well Just Just uh, uh, just a sort of Random topic mm. After watching the Champions League last night We're looking for the players Who were better Against you Than they were for you A bit like Ankel De Maria Last night There are so many um, I am surprised That it's taken this long Connor Chalmers What's the name That you said to me During the break We must have one of them Better against you Than for you 
Oh, Johnson. Oh, Johnson. Yes. Oh, Johnson. Connor Chalmers says yeah. better for Rangers than he was at Celtic by a mile. What about if Party Thistle? We've got a guest in tonight. Christopher's a big Party Thistle fan. Was he as good for Party Thistle as he was when he was at Celtic? I'm going to save or Christopher. Too young. I'm looking at Christopher and thinking he is definitely too young. So I, I, won't, uh, I won't. Maybe his mum will have said to him. Won't put him on the spot <laughs> on that one. Um, the other news coming out of Scottish football today would be it looks increasingly likely. That Paul Heckingbottom will be named the Hibs manager soon yeah. He's been at the training yeah. ground yeah. Um, I mean last night we, we, To be yeah, fair we, we said Michael the same Appleton. about Michael Appleton mm-hmm. yeah. uh, That one appears to have stalled And it now looks like it will be Paul Heckingbottom What do we, what do we make of that? We'll see a look at his track record That Barnsley, very impressive Gordon, he's then gone to, to Leeds United mm-hmm. And it didn't work out And to be honest, not working out at Leeds United I don't <laughs> think is a, a stain on your, your CV Because it could happen to the very best It's you know, at times it's, it's been a basket case of a club So uh, Heckingbotham probably fits identical That we heard that, that Hibs were, were looking for um, uh, uh, you know, and, and I don't mean this in the wrong way but, but listen, good luck to him I hope he does well Because you want to see any manager doing well And, and not fail and etc etc I think it's just a shame It's just another non-Scottish manager In our top flight And I don't mean that in the wrong way People don't jump Oh they're rather they're People that want to be offended I'm just saying you want to see more of your own mm. countrymen get. I suppose Neil Lennon bigger. wasn't though, but it's just because he was yeah, he was part yeah, of the culture. Bit, but just, he wasn't. Yeah, just you know, as I say, I just wish, and you know, maybe is that something that we should be looking at more closely in terms of do we have a, enough good young Scottish managers and coaches coming through? I mean, you think it was a decade ago with six or seven in English top flight. Now I think we've only get get two in the whole of the top two divisions. Um, down the road two or three maybe so wee things like that are the wee things that we could look at might be a good one to, to open up one one week uh, Gordon for one of our um, kind of special um, programmes but uh, I think you look now what have we got now in terms of Scottish managers in our, in our top 12 clubs how many Scottish managers have we got in, in charge not many uh, Jim because we've, I think we've well we've, we've been long going over the reasons for, for Neil Lennon's departure on a mm-hmm. purely footballing perspective mm-hmm. the last couple of months aside I mean the Hibs fans mm-hmm. Liked the, the the job that he did, you know. Yeah. Um, so in in that respect, is it, is it big shoes to fill for definitely. Paul Heckingbottom? No, definitely big boots to fill. You know, he's, Neil Lennon. You know, people have their opinion on, him, but he was a big personality in Scottish football. There's no doubt about that. And Paul Heckingbottom, listen, I, I think he does fit the the bill. I, I don't have an issue of where he comes from. That's just the nature of top level football these days. You know, and it happens if you look at the English Premier League. There's not that many English managers. So you know, I think that. Um, he, he, he done well if he said he's, he's, I think the have seemingly want anyway going from listening to, to, to what the background is that they want to develop players from within uh, George Craig is going to take care of more of the recruitment uh, so I think they're going to develop young players try and get that balance right and they maybe need someone who is more of a coach than a manager and I think Hagenbottom by all accounts is that type mm. of manager or that type of guy he likes to be on the training pitch Likes the day he's coaching. I think is it Stockdale that's going to be going with him, Matt? I think Robbie so. Stockdale appears Stockdale. to be, yeah, for uh, um, at Middlesbrough yeah. Sunderland as well, wasn't yeah, it? Was yeah, it, you know, former Scotland international. So I think that um, you know they are coaches, and I think they look to develop. That's a different maybe style of of how Hibbs approach it. Neil Lennon was more a manager, mm-hmm. you know, more in control of everything. I think that'll be a, a little bit more of a share of responsibilities at Hibbs now. I mean, he walks into a job which means he's going to have to. Do something in the league They're going to have to improve That position no doubt yeah. um, Having said that Walks into a Scottish Cup Quarter final as well Nice, yeah, nice well, position you, to be you, in you, If you knock Celtic out The, out the Cup and match the, the second Or match the third Whatever the game's going to be mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden You're on to a crack I mean you look at 
you know, Alan Stubbs is, is revered and forever will be at Hibernian because he won the, the Scottish Cup. So if you can go and listen, what would you, if you're walking in, you'd say to Paul Heckingbotham now, or Leanne Dempster, or Lord, uh, Rod Peachy, or any of the Hibs players or Hibs supporters, what would you rather have moving up one or two places to nick into the top six or win the Scottish Cup? All day long, win the Scottish Cup. So that, that could be one in, mm-hmm. in the bottom line. That is, you're three games away mm-hmm. if you win in You're in the quarterfinals yeah. now. Archie's in Canvas Lang. What's on your mind tonight, Archie? Doing there, mate. I've just joined the show. I was working there, but uh, the bear against you than for you. Uh-huh. I thought maybe I don't know if you've overlooked a name already. He's already on the show. Then Jim Duffy. <laughs> Do you know what, Archie? You're the second caller that said it, so Jim. There must be something in this. Uh, I think Jim. Purely good memories. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Duffy was a good player when he, he was. Uh, it was a shame he never got his time at Celtic. I got better, but uh, when he was at Morton and stuff like that, he was different class. So. Well, thanks very go. much. I'm going to go and look because that's that's two calls, both saying it. Duff, Duff was a Duff was a uh, particularly a against top Celtic. <laughs> top no, not really. I, I think to be honest with you, listen, I, I, you know, you go and you, you try and do the best you can, whatever, whatever as you go. But uh, you know, it's, it's always always nice if some days I say he's got a very good memory. So uh, take, listen, take, Jim, take you back to the black and white days. Jim Duffy <laughs> is a former Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. In, in Scotland, that. and you know, for for anybody, whether it be the Football Writers Award or the PFA Award, for mm-hmm. any, with the great respect, non-old firm player mm-hmm. to win a model like that tells you everything you need to know. I wonder just the mindset, Jim, when you mm-hmm. when you get to the stage and you're looking back. I mean, is that. Was that blatantly the best football we ever played that season, or do you actually think, no? Do you know what I was? I was equally as good in this campaign, or, or whatever. I, no, I think I probably played better the year later when I went oh, to really? Dundee. Yeah, you know, um, I think it's it's one of those ones when I went to Dundee, and then for that kind of period before I got injured, I, I was probably playing more consistently, mm-hmm. better. But um, it's a bit like the the, Gordon, the late Gordon Banks save. He said that the one against Pele, mm-hmm. everybody's got the save of the century, and he said. He's probably made a few better, right better made a few better than that, but it obviously it just didn't catch the mm-hmm. the profile as the one against Pele. Archie, before we let you go, what are your 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 uh, thoughts with a day to go ahead of Celtic Valencia? What are your final thoughts on it? Oh yes, <laughs> still with us, Archie. Oh no, sorry, mate, I'm about, I just got out my motor. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody, I'm on a driving lesson. I'm just in between lessons there. Uh, hold on, I, I, I think I, you might I, fail. You're the instructor. <laughs> Please tell me you're the instructor. <laughs> I am, yeah Right, that's okay Jeez, you had me worried there Archie um, But what I was saying Sorry to interrupt your lesson Was uh, what are your, your predictions for tomorrow finally Before we let you go um, Celtic, definitely um, Celtic for uh, tomorrow night Is going to be a cagey game against Valencia If they can play their top game mm-hmm. I know Valencia's maybe struggling a wee bit um, For players here and there But they've been hitting a bit of form in Spain But um, I've not Great stuff, thank you Archie Enjoy that driving lesson You've still got four to go on the teaser Quick uh, Michael Luke Stig No Lee Wallace No You've got one Rangers To get And then there's a real St Johnston theme going on Ryan Jack Yes Danny Swanson Yes uh, Liam Craig Yes I've given it away haven't I Too easy That means you're only down Craig. to one more Ryan Jack was was 10th on the list I think Yep, you got him I know St Joe's Joe Shaughnessy Nope uh, it's not, not, not Brian Easton I mean Milton is on Twitter Saying Ian Black But remember he's no, not playing In the no, top flight yeah, anymore so Did Johnson you say a St Johnson player? Mm-hmm. I said there was a St Johnson theme, theme But, but b- yeah, b- yeah, b- yeah we he had is two, So just, I'm yeah, just wonderful he is. The third one there uh, 
Steve Anderson. Oh, no, Steve Anderson's mm-hmm. waiting to visit. Which I think has been a bit a little while when. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're just overlooking him because if you were talking sort of all action, guys that are likely to be in the referee's book and who've played a lot of games. Not Murray Davidson. Yes. Yeah, Murray Murray Davidson. Murray. I didn't think you picked up a lot Davidson. of tackles. There we go. Thank you, Mark Greedy and Jim Duffy. Thank you for all your calls and tweets. They really were uh, much appreciated as always. We are back at six o'clock tomorrow for the final build-up to a big night of European action here in Glasgow. Celtic up against Valencia. Make sure you join us and stay where you are because Callum Gallagher is up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.